So what do we mean by controlling your marriage? I think there's different areas within our marriage, how we respond to things maybe that happen in Mm -hmm. our, in our marriage or how we respond to our spouse. Um, you know, if we're trying to control their response or I think it's issues of control within marriage and how that affects, you know what I mean? So, uh, we were talking about this and it became painfully clear that I am in control. (laughs) (laughs) How much control I lack. (laughs) I have no control. No, it became painfully clear that how control or the desire for control and the lack thereof is really at the root of every issue Mm. that we face in our marriage. So we have to, I mean, we're compelled to look at what is the root of our need for control and where is that coming from? So what do we mean? So what are some ways that we try? Well, I think that we're trying to, to, I mean, we're going to get into this in conversation, but when we try to take on things that we were never created to take on, right? Yep. That's good. And how, like, we'll talk about the incommunicable traits of God, the communicable traits of God. So things that only, traits that only God Mm. is and that we are not. And when we try to take those on hello, control and sovereignty, then that's where the trouble starts happening. I'm just realizing this is a really big topic. So anyway, (laughs) we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. Okay, I can't repeat what Selena said. <laughs> I have to edit that. Selena said that's what she said to something that I said, and I it can't was, put it in the podcast because we'll get, we'll get people writing in about that. That was a good one. You're just such a oh, sailor. I'm sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, Selena's special <laughs> sauce. It's salty and sweet. Oh, what a treat. Now for sale on FierceMarriage.com. <laughs> I'm going to make t-shirts. No. I think I'm going to make I'm going to make a t-shirt that tells you to eat a banana. Yeah, eat a you banana. Get, you can get hangry. Yeah, we got some t-shirts coming out. So Not I'm going to really. control you. If you want Anyways. t-shirts, email us. <laughs> okay. Jumping into the top. Full disclosure. Nope. Okay. We had an epic fight. <laughs> we can't have an epic the fight and not bring it up on the podcast. and frustrations of a podcast. So we have to get on here and talk about how happy and connected we are when like five minutes ago we were screaming it at It was each truly other. epic. It was the kind of fight where you're looking out the window to make sure no one's listening because <laughs> we're in the house. <laughs> and it wasn't... If you haven't had a yell or scream fest with your spouse, then I, don't, I would challenge you to that you have not really is there, been is a... married. <laughs> So hopefully, hopefully people will hear this. There's a way to communicate very loudly and still be loving in that. And you might not it's feel... It's exactly how I communicate. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. No. we. It, it was a frustrating fight, but it was... It boiled down to some control issues, obviously, on my part. Mm-hmm. And... And mine. <laughs> Thank I want to control your thoughts. I, I want to control how you see and contribution. I want to control nope. how you... How you feel about things. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we're talking about that today. It'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be good. As we unfold our lives before you. Yeah. So before we get into first it. First things first. We forgot our housekeeping last week, so we're going to do it this week. Uh, if you haven't, if, if this content has helped you. Or makes which, you laugh. Or if it makes you laugh at our <laughs> expense, uh, you can pay us back by leaving a comment on. A nice comment. Or in a review on iTunes or whatever podcasting rating. platform you use. Yeah. You're not supposed to say that, but okay. 
Uh, yeah, just leave, that, just leave a five-star review. <laughs> anyway. Just um, be clear here. That's the first one. Go to iTunes. It takes like 20, 30 seconds, and it means a ton. That's mm-hmm. how people get to know that this content is worth their time, and that's our whole goal. And every yeah. time someone listens, just so you know, we're trying to point them, point you and ourselves to Jesus yes. and how his the gospel, his story, can bear weight on our story mm. of our marriage. Okay, number two, and on that same note, is Patreon. If you are passionate about that, what I just said, pointing couples to Christ and commissioning them for the gospel and pointing them to Jesus' story and and how that bears weight on our story, then you can be a partner with us in that mission Mm. on patreon.com slash fierce marriage. Patreon's a platform where creators like us can partner with listeners and readers, people who benefit from our content to keep that content ad-free and to support us. It's very tangible. It goes directly to us. It pays for the direct expenses of putting this podcast on. That's patreon.com slash fierce marriage. It even pays for our lovely uh, assistant, Kyla, who puts together all the interviews that <laughs> yes. you get to enjoy. She's yes. the one who coordinates all that, Yes, which would be way too much because it does take a lot of back and forth, and she handles all that stuff Yes, because of Patreon. So patreon.com slash fierce marriage. Finally, if you have any questions, you can go to fiercemarriage.com slash podcast and ask there. There's a button. You can do it online, or you can call in or text 971-333-1120. I was just looking in our notes. We just did an episode about crushing comparison. Yeah. And now we're well, talking about control. It's got this like alliteration of C's. Is there something there that we should <laughs> dig into? Do you see? I like to dig into alliteration. Oh, you're just the alliteration queen, are, are you? Uh, now you're now you're scrolling. <laughs> no, I'm Quit trying, trying to control to the mouse. Get to our get notes. Get out the mouse. <laughs> now I don't know where I'm going. It's my computer. <laughs> <laughs> As you can see, 16 years of marriage has not changed us. <laughs> no. Has not changed you. <laughs> I have changed in every good way. <laughs> oh man. So jumping into this topic of control in our marriage, what I think the first thing to do is ask ourselves, what does it look like? Um, I, I think we get a lot of people writing in about how, you know, my spouse is not a believer or they are, but they're not like actively seeking God with me. I feel kind of alone. And so there is, I think, an element mm-hmm. of us that loves our spouse a lot, but w- wants to control their journey of faith, right? And wants to control yeah. their discipleship. I, I, I would, I'm going to hover up a little bit higher just for a second, because I feel like this, everything we're going to say here is really a symptom of this desire of seeing something that wants to change and you feel powerless to change that thing. Right. Right. So if it could, and what you just said, you, a lot of times we have a wife or a husband writing and saying, Hey, I'm passionate about the gospel and how Jesus can, you know, be the Lord of our lives, but mm-hmm. my spouse doesn't care. So how can I possibly, I'm, I'm unequally yoked. How can I change that, that person? Right. Uh, well, Again, the, the talking, answer is you can't change that person. Right. Because we're trying to take on those traits and things that are were never ours to begin mm-hmm. with, right? There are certain things, right. you know, as image bearers of God, which we will get into uh, more clearly, but there are some traits of Christ or of God that we cannot, we are not sovereign. Like we are not omniscient. We're not omnipresent. And these are good things and we have to rest in them. So again, we'll jump yeah. into that. But um, so I just <clears> want to have that caveat. Is yeah. It's everything where, where you want change to happen, but you're powerless to see that change happen. And every example we give you kind of comes from that. Right. That root desire, that dissonance that we feel. When we right. say let go of control, we're saying let go of, like, embrace the reality that you're not God, essentially. Right. Is what we're compelling, right. feeling compelled to do ourselves. Right. That's what Selena's learning how to do. Nope. I've learned. <laughs> okay. And then okay. this, I think the one area that we just need to, it may go without saying, but the whole idea around submission, I think there can be a misconstrued understanding of 
mm. control in that area. Um, mm. And either spouse could see it as a control issue, right? The husband could say, like, I should be controlling my wife because she should submit to me. Or the wife could be feeling controlled by her husband and feeling like, well, I'm supposed to submit. So he's in control. But that's obviously not the message of submission. Yes. And <clears throat> I think even, sorry to do this again. No, please but do. But really the, the underlying thing to that is you, you are... Uh, <laughs> So at the root of, of wanting control is the the inability to trust mm. something, mm-hmm. right? And so when we read the word submission in Ephesians 5 and leading up to it in Ephesians 4, we have to trust that God's word is good and for our good. Right. And so if we superimpose our definition of submission and we feel like it's just a matter of control on a higher level, right, right. on a, a more surfacey level, right. then we're actually trying to control the, the narrative of God's word instead right. of letting it be the thing that we trust. We're right. saying, trust me, I know it's better than, than Absolutely. this. Absolutely. That's and, what, yeah. yeah. And we are going to dive into why, like, why do we try to take control yeah. in our marriage? So it's hard for us to restrain from the why. We don't like listing out the what without the why. So it is hard. we're going to try to keep, continue I, on listing out how uh, control, what control looks like in your marriage, like kind of the bad control. Here's a tangible example okay. that I want to jump in with. We got, we got this question today. <clears throat> so we're recording this actually on a Monday. This will release tomorrow, which is very unusual. Which, by the way, we missed it. We are, are over 100 I'm, episodes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is 104. <laughs> I missed the song. That's okay, fine. just let Selena sing it. <laughs> okay, so anyway, lots of sidebar. We got this question in yesterday, or today, and it'll go live tomorrow. Uh, it's just, this question is, what would you say to a wife who believes in the covenant of marriage has a husband who has not been living at home and is still continuing his affair? It's an emotional affair as far as she knows. After six months, we have been married for eight months together for 10 years. Okay, so that's a very unique situation, and, and I'd love to dive into that more maybe another time. But this, the, the question is really, how, what do you, how do I control this? How do I fix this? Mm. And how do I actually make my husband like snap out of this and, and really value the covenant like I know it should be valued? Right. That's a control question. Right. And how, is, how can we, okay, as marriage podcasters, just give her a quick answer. It's like, oh, just pray. Like, just trust God more. Mm. Just trust God. Like, forget about it. Like, who cares that you're crying yourself to, like, right. to sleep at night? And sorry right. if that sounds harsh. Like, we do care. Genuinely, we do care. And we can't say that. We have to right. go into the, the root cause of, okay, yes, that's that's terrible. You can't control that. But here's what we know. Right. Here's, here's what, who here, we here's know. Here's who we know. Yeah. yeah. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So, sorry, we're going through the examples very slowly. We'll go through faster now. So, the idea of romance. Right. Wanting to control, like as a husband, a lot of husbands say, you know, I want to, cont- I want to have the type of sex life that I think right. we should There's have. There's all these expectations. Yeah, and I think my wife <clears throat> should fall under control should desire sometimes. Me yes, the, and how she doesn't desire me how I want her to desire me. Right. Or our date, dating life, or and sex our life sex is, life. Just yeah, like you said. Sorry, you were going to say this probably is not as as like thriving and fulfilling as we think it should be. Right. And so we should always have these like intense encounters. Like all the time, right? And mm-hmm. it's 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 really about, at least what we found, is kind of controlling and it, not controlling. Sorry, establishing mm. these frequent like rhythms, I guess. In terms of, <laughs> okay. I know you can't use that word when you're talking about sex, but establishing frequency and creating habits around our our intimate our intimacy in our sex life. So it's not always like you said, like the the slow the slow train of sex on our spectrum of sex podcast <laughs> yeah, episode yeah check it out it's called the spectrum <clears throat> of sex we talk about i don't know why we're getting into this right now but well i'm just saying that that i think the frequency establishing the frequency uh deepens the experience so 
And so a lot of times the path toward healing is not just controlling the outcome and getting the outcome well, you not want, controlling but it's actually creating the, like, the systems that, and the, yes. the habits that under, undergird that outcome. Yes. That are based on biblical truth. They're not arbitrary. They're based on here's right. what health looks like. Right. And so a lot of times the path to healing is not through just straight control and twisting knobs. Right. And, you know, pulling levers. <laughs> okay, that <laughs> was way... bad. That was very... That was a lot of innuendo there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh boy uh but it's about trusting uh, yes. underlying truth like a deep magic like like c.s lewis talks about in narnia <laughs> like, what <laughs> it, there's there's yes. principles yes. that govern this planet right. and govern this world and they're biblical and they're anyway so communication is the next one yep so we want to control like we just had this huge fight about essentially yes <laughs> selena's selena's not uh <laughs> no you cannot just blame it on me but we're responding sometimes how we feel instead of exercising self-control like responding out of emotions and mm. All. Man, that's <laughs> Thank good. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, instead of resp- responding from a, a gospel-centered place of, you know, yes, this hurts my feelings, or yes, I'm frustrated about these things, and I can't change them. So how, God, how can I really respond to this? Like, please show me. Instead of just, you know, either like not responding and being harsh and being like indifferent and sort of manipulative in that, or hmm. being super harsh and just saying whatever you feel. Interesting. Like yeah. Ryan does all the time. Uh, another big one, <laughs> you guys, and I know lots of couples feel this, and maybe it's not as popular of a topic in terms of marriage podcasts, because yeah. like when you're commuting to work, you don't necessarily want to talk about this, but finances, <laughs> yeah. okay, or when you're like around the house or running or whatever you're doing, uh, stewarding money and having control issues around our money yeah. and saying, oh, I want this lifestyle, but I can't get that. So there's this discontentment, that, that mm. dissonance that happens mm-hmm. by seeing a reality that you want, but not experiencing that reality in reality. Hmm. And so what do we try to do? And that's in that, in that, that case, we have uh, basically three options, which we'll talk about is you either fight and strive and try to gain control over that. A lot of times that looks like going into debt with our time and our money and our energy. We're using time, money, and energy that we don't have. It's not ours to use. So we strive and get there that way. Or we trust God and we say in your timing, you know, all things that uh, every Hmm. desire I have will be conformed to you. And that desire will be met in you. That's the so second good. one. And the third one is that you just, you go, you stop caring. Like you basically just shut, shut that part off in your head. And I right. don't think that's healthy either. Right. So anyway, that's finance is a big one. So stewarding who we are chasing, um, what we're chasing, um, and trying to control in terms of what we, how fast we can gain right. the material things we're chasing. Right. And then finally, what do you got? <clears throat> um, oh wait, is that a thing? Listener, think about some areas you feel controlled. (laughs) (laughs) I was, no, I wanted to chat. I wanted to talk to directly to the listeners and and for them, for you guys who are listening to think about some areas that you feel controlled in and areas where you may be trying to assume too much control. Um, And really the, one of the ways we do that is just looking kind of at our responses towards things and towards Mm -hmm. our, towards our spouse, towards again, finances, towards intimacy, towards, um, topics in mm. our faith, um, those kinds of things. So <clears throat> it's in Matthew 12, mm-hmm. Jesus is teaching, you know, a, a, a bad tree bears, bad tree bears bad fruit. A good yeah. tree bears good fruit. How can he's talking to the Pharisees, you brood of vipers. How can you who are evil bring forth anything of any worth, basically right. anything good. Right. And that's what you're talking about is like what we look at these problem areas in our lives and it's really, they're indicators. They're like, 10,000 foot level indicators of what's happening in the bedrock of who we are. And so as believers, we call those enemy outposts. They're areas that we have failed to believe the fullness of the gospel. And when we have a podcast like this, it's an opportunity to say, (laughs) okay, 
where am I really like, what is that bad fruit that is still rotting on the vine? And how can I more completely and more faithfully trust in uh, the gospel in that area and whatever area it is that we just mentioned? So, yeah. Yep. Um, so anyways, jumping into a, a little bit more of the why, obviously you're probably picturing, you know, insecurity, fear, frustration. Maybe it's a family of origin thing. Maybe we've just always seen controlling parents or people being very controlled around us. So there's just this lack of trust that has developed within us and taken root in our hearts. Mm. Um, you know, and if we try again, so at the beginning we mentioned kind of the incommunicable traits of God and the communicable traits of God. Uh, you're going to pull those up and I want to just, let's take a quick snapshot. Okay. <clears throat> this moment that we live in culturally, mm-hmm. what's mm-hmm. happening. Okay. You hear me say this all the time, listeners, so hopefully this is helpful, but we have to be aware of the water we're swimming in yes, and how that is bearing weight on our hearts and informing our, our worldview and informing yeah. our attitudes toward God, right? And, and a lot of times what happens is we read God's word or we look at God as if we are the authority mm. imposing our standard on it and saying, you are good and God, you are, you are the God that you are supposed to be. Holy scriptures, you are scriptures that are worth listening to as long as you How could don't they serve me, though? go against, as long right. as what I think yeah. is upheld. Right. As soon as it starts uprooting those things, then it's either, it's, then we're so fast to just dismiss proof text, it, yeah. dismiss it, and forget it. So it's, especially in these things, these things we're going to talk about incommunicable, incommunicable traits of God, like omniscience, namely right. omnipresence. We right. think, uh, um, uh, what's the, uh, is omniscience where he knows everything? Yeah. Yes. Omnipresence, and there's another omni. Omnipotent. Omnipotent. So omniscience is this idea that I can know everything and have all the facts that I need (laughs) to basically like say to myself, this is a good desire. Right. And the internet has helped that. So again, the, the cultural water we're swimming in, like this, at any moment, you can be both omnipresent and omniscient. Not truly, but you can think you are. Yeah. Because you can know anything. Uh, that's why I, I love talking anything. to I'm talking to doctors who <laughs> yeah. have people, patients that come in like self-diagnosing themselves because <laughs> they've Googled it. <laughs> right? You can know pretty much anything. I mean, right. Yesterday, we were trying to look up, did you know, sidebar, we got our parents, I got my dad a, a hummingbird feeder for, mm-hmm. for Father's Day. And he, he was like so meh you about it. You got it for him? Well, I'm, he's my dad, so okay. whatever. I picked it out. <laughs> he was like, when he got it, he said, he was like, well, I guess whatever. <laughs> and then like, this is two weeks ago. And now he's like, hummingbirds are amazing. <laughs> he's done all this research. And then we were wondering, uh, this is just a small example. As it turns out, praying mantises and ant- mantis, <laughs> I don't know. What <laughs> they eat hummingbirds. They eat their brains, apparently. Yeah. But we found that out because we Googled it because we thought we were omniscient and we had to find that out. <laughs> you thought you were omniscient. But omnipresent as well. We, we, tend to, we think we can manage hundreds and hundreds of relationships and well, be, we can be present, present for things with that our kids, right? But also on our phone. Mm. Because I, I, mean, can be, I can be present in all places at all times, right? I'm there with I'm them. I'm soaking it all up, right? I I'm mean, th- I'm here I'm, sitting with you on the couch. Right. Why do you care if I'm on my phone? <laughs> As it turns out, we're limited people. We can't be omnipresent. <laughs> it's a good thing, which is so. what... So I've seen these. Uh, these are not new themes to, you know, kind of the the our faith and our beliefs. They're pretty foundational. I guess I've just become more familiar with yes. them through uh, two of Jen Wilkins' books. The first one being None Like Him, which talks about 10 incommunicable traits of God, uh, basically traits that belong to him alone. And then mm. her other book, which is kind of a follow-up, is In His Image, which are the communicable traits of God, which are traits of God that... Um, we can become like him by imitating like these these attributes, yeah. Yeah. Um, like 
God is holy, loving, just, good, merciful, patient. And when we talk about being conformed to the image of Christ, this is the list that we're describing. These are things that right. that show us, you know, how to reflect who God is and and as Christ did. And the more so she says, the more gracious I become, for example, the more I reflect Christ, who perfectly images God. And so <clears throat> We'll put links in the show notes to to these because uh, Crossway did put out uh, 10 things you should know. She did a couple of these and she talks about these 10 incommunicable traits and just a few of the things she says basically are just like the incommunicable traits are they describe how God is not like us and how that's really a good thing. You know, they are true of him and no one else and mm. they know no limits. They show us our limits, which again, good things. Mm. Uh, she says when we... Um, when we contemplate God's limitlessness, we see our own limits more clearly. We're better able to recognize where we are attempting to play God in a relationship or circumstance. Mm. Humbled by comparison, we reorient our hearts towards submission. So, I mean, just jumping into That's, these, it's like, here's yeah. the whole conversation about control, right? God wants control of our hearts. He wants to be the reason why we make decisions, and he wants to be that authority, because he's the best at it. <laughs> no, really. But we, he has the incommunicable traits that make him God. And that's why he is trustworthy. That's why you're going to say something. Well, well no, you're, just, you're so good. I love hearing you talk <clears throat> for many reasons. But yeah, like this idea that we are, like the more we acknowledge God for who he is, it causes us to acknowledge ourselves for who we are. And there, that chasm widens, mm -hmm. right? The more accurate our view of ourselves and the more accurate our view of God, that chasm gets wider and wider. And that makes for a bigger view of the gospel. Yes. Because it's a bigger leap for God to come down to us to, to, you know, the whole incarnation and everything that he did in Christ and okay. everything Jesus did. Um, but that, that's a separate, that's, that's the story. Um, right. But essentially seeing, seeing God for who he is and, and failing to do that is it, it, it's sin. It's essentially right. sin. And we, we're going to talk about how the, the desire for control is rooted in sin, which is rooted in it's, it's pride. Right. And this idea that I can, I, I should be able to materialize this reality that I want. And if I can't, like that's in direct opposition to trusting God's right. sovereignty. When we have to make that decision, there's always that fork in the road. Right. Like the, like the, the poor wife who wrote in is saying her husband is not responding to her <clears> or responding <throat> to the covenant of marriage. She can, she has a choice. She can continue to try not saying she, I, I'm not going to say continue. I don't know how she's tried, but she could either try to control him mm -hmm. and, you know, nag and manipulate and text and bother him and get people in his life to bother him and, and try to fix that solution. Or she can trust. And then, mm -hmm. she, then she can act in that trust. Trusting doesn't mean you do nothing. Right. It means that you act differently though. Right. That's right. what you're going to get to. Which we're going to be talking about. Yeah. What is, you know, is, is control a sin or does it, when does it become mm -hmm. sinful? Can and, I, can I yep. read something real fast? Yeah. Because I do, I want to talk about this, uh, the communicable traits just real quickly because it helps us kind of understand. No, it's good. I was, I was just going to brush over those more quickly, but you go okay. ahead. Cause I think it's, well, really this is, this comes from it. a, this is a systematic theology <clears throat> book and, um, Oh man, get one in your house, people. It says so good. in the previous chapter, we just, uh, I'm not going to say that. So his mental attributes. So these are all, um, communicable ats, uh, attributes of God. So he's got spirituality and in invisibility or like his uh, being attributes and there's his mental attributes of knowledge, wisdom, and truthfulness. So again, we can ex exercise and reflect his character in how we do these things. We can't be invisible, <laughs> but <it>. we can <laughs> knowledge and wisdom and truthfulness, yes. his moral attributes, which are uh, goodness, love, mercy, grace, patience, holiness, peace, righteousness, jealousy, and wrath. It's funny how God is love, but God is not wrath right. in modern society. Right. 
God is all these things, people. Yeah. Like love is not God. God <clears throat> is love, but He's also holy and loving. goodness, mercy, grace, yeah. patience, holiness, peace. Yeah. Oh wait, what happens when my love bucks up against patience, and my I don't feel like waiting? Idea of love is that what you're saying? Yeah, my idea of love, or what happens when uh, what I love is no longer holy according to God's word? Mm. Well, then something's wrong. Those are Either big you questions. have a bad view of holiness or a bad view of love. Yeah, probably both. Yeah, and big so questions. anyway. This will all come back around to control, but I just want to, it's really important to understand this, especially when we start talking about sovereignty, which we'll talk about here in a minute, which is really the big. Well, I think because, because when we are faced with some of these, you know, the culture that we're swimming in, right? There's, there's, it's all about me and how I can build my life and do and Mm -hmm. achieve the things that I want to achieve. Not saying that those are bad, right? But if those desires are not conformed and under the authority of God, and mm. they're submitted and open-handedly held there, that is where yes. the control issues begin. And that is where our hearts yeah. become, uh, start idolizing and worshiping uh, things that are not God. I mean, you were talking, there was a thought I had that you were talking about how we're trying to be more like God when we take on his like incommunicable traits, mm. which is obviously exactly what happened in Genesis 3. The serpent was telling her a lie, like you will be like God. When really, I think this may be not a good theology, but I think she was already as much like God as she could be for a human being. And then when he, when she sinned, she became less like God. Interesting. Because she had sin in her, in her well, life. Well, for sure. I mean, for sure, a direction sin towards sin is going to be any, is going to be a direction away from the character of God. Right. For sure. But I, I like to make the distinction. It's not like she is, we are called, yes, we are called And to God become, even said, God did say, now she is like us. She knows good from evil. And to the extent we're made in his image, right. we're called to be God like God, but we're not called to be God-like. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. In that we're not going to be gods ourselves. We are, for, he is the only God. Yes. And we can, in our human way, in, in the, to the extent that we're made in his image, can reflect his character. Right. And so sin, okay, we're getting around to the control thing, so bear with me. Sin was a distortion of every mm. everything that's there, right? All the order. So, all the order that said you are made in God's image. Right. Now, sin has distorted and marred all of that, and it's right. all been broken. Now, Jesus has, has changed that script for us. Yes. And we're in a, we're in a dispensation of grace, and there's an, we're, we get to be on this end of that story, mm-hmm. seeing the promise fulfilled in Christ, and we get to live with the Holy Spirit in light of the full gospel. It's amazing and beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Sin nature is still alive and well. Mm-hmm. And so there's this, this every aspect of God's image, like what we just talked about, it, love and patience and holiness. Everything's been twisted and marred and, and broken because of sin. And we have a new heart, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus has taken our heart of stone and turned it into a heart of flesh and put it in our chest of flesh. And, right. and, but we still have this fleshly nature, as if it's right. Galatians 5, that is fighting against the spirit within us. Mm-hmm. And that is essentially where uh, we have this desire to be in control yeah. of the outcomes that we care most about. Right. So John Piper said this. We watched this video just on, on Twitter recently. <laughs> but he said, sin is, and he had all kinds of different things that he was saying, but this jumped out at us. Sin is a, the faithfulness of God not trusted, the promises of God not believed. Mm. And that's, um, I think that's going to be a jump off point for, for going into the next part of it is it, when does or how does control become a sin or how does it become sinful? Right, right. Um, and, you know, we have talked about this as, again, is like when we try to take on those incommunicable traits of God or we're not believing those, the traits or believing who he is, right? He is faithful, but we're not trusting that. 
his promises are true, but we don't really believe that, right? Mm. Because we're holding on to this control. Mm, yeah. um, another one is when our peace of mind comes from us getting the outcome and response that we want versus trusting God's sovereignty in it all. And how many times do we work and we strive and we argue with our spouse about the things that we want? Hello, I have two hands up saying like, this is me. This is who, this is the person I'm describing. <laughs> you know, I want something. So I'm going to be like hard headed and I'm going to get it because I need it. Why are you questioning me about it? Like, why is, why are we even arguing about this? I need it. I want it. This is obviously my peace of mind. My whole entire being is coming from this. And so then right. we have these these clash of the titans, you know, where one spouse is saying, we don't really need this. I think you're not really thinking clearly. And the other one's like, how dare you? That's <laughs> our epic fight just like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, yeah. So again, not trusting God's sovereignty. You're not being able to see it even too. I think that's where a lot of, at least mm. where I flare up is like, I can't see it in that moment because my emotions just kind of r- run over me. What I hear you saying is that there is, it comes down to what Jesus was talking about in Matthew 12, the right. heart orientation, the core of it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so this, it becomes a sin when our heart is oriented towards self towards self-righteousness or self-control. Right. And I, I and I, I just want to take this moment. I want to talk about the, the sovereignty astri- attribute of God. Okay. And I just want to define it clearly. So sovereignty is, uh, let's see here. So God, Systematic theology yeah, again. God's exercise of power over his creation is also called God's sovereignty. God's sovereignty is, is uh, his exercise of rule as sovereign or king, the one who's sovereign or the king over his creation. This subject will be discussed well in more detail. And then he goes on to say, um, uh, let's see here. It's appropriate to realize that he has made us in such a way that we show in our lives some faint reflection of each of his attributes. God mm-hmm. has made us creatures creatures with a will, right? So we have our version of sovereignty, right? Mm-hmm. So we exercise choice and make real decisions regarding the events of our lives. Although our will is not absolutely free in the way God's is, God has nonetheless given us relative freedom that's emphasized mm. relative freedom within our spheres of activity in this universe that he has created. So what we're saying is we're not abdicating right. any sense of responsibility or control right. over not. maybe seeing your spouse's heart being stirred toward Christ or seeing your finances being stewarded well. Yes. Yeah, you have a role to play right. in that. The difference is and when sin and when sin enters the picture when control becomes sinful is when we start to stake our identity on it and stake our trust in mm-hmm. ourselves, our self-sovereignty. Right. I trust that I will actuate this outcome. Right. Versus I trust that I'm acting right. with a God who loves immensely more than I ever could. Right. And is immensely more powerful than I ever could, will be. And I'm going to act with, you know, with that in mind, with, with trust at the core of it and, not, and not desperation. And I myself. think this is where we can talk about how not all control is bad, right? And when is control good? Because obviously it's not, it's, it's like this weird in between sometimes of, um, you know, you're not white knuckling and like controlling this. It's like the motorcycle, right? You're not white knuckling and controlling like where it goes, but you're also not hands off completely. Ooh, right. It's good. Yeah. It's like, you've got one hand on and God's got one hand on. Jesus, take the wheel. No, he really does. But and that's that. Maybe that's a bad example. But I'm just trying to paint a picture in the in your mind of like we're not controlling this bull. Here's what I picture: is I am on one of those toy motorcycles out in front of the grocery store, 
and God, ha- and I think I'm driving. I'm getting nowhere. God has taken that thing and put it on a flatbed truck. Nice. And, he's driving, and I think I have something to do with it. There it is. There, there it is. is. Yeah. Um, but a good going to scripture, which we need to go to, obviously, um, in First Corinthians three six and First Corinthians three. The background here: Paul's talking to the Corinthian church about like division inside itself. They're responding out of their flesh, and they're being divided over like who's better, Apollos or Paul. Like I believe in Apollos, I believe in Paul, and what Paul is saying here. <laughs> is in first corinthians um well three six through nine but he says i planted apollos watered but god gave the growth so neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything but only god gives the growth Mm. and i feel like this is like the epitome of verse of control because we want the growth when we want it and we want to make it happen how we want it to happen Mm. and god's saying Nope, <laughs> you don't get that realm of control. Wow. Because A, you, you can't handle it. For one thing, I know it would destroy us, right? Just the very presence of God mm. we are not able to be in um, as a human flesh. The second thing that he that Paul is saying in verse 8 and 9 is, He who plants and he who waters are one. So, but he, okay, so, which I was like, oh, he says, God, uh, neither he who plants or who waters is anything, but they're one, is what he's saying, and each mm. will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. So, he's identifying, he's bringing clarification again to our roles that are based on mm. our identity in him, right? We are planters, we are waterers. God has given us control in this area of you may plant these seeds to the wife who's praying for her husband, pray. Those are seeds being planted. Water. How can you love him tangibly? How can you show him this love that is not in a manipulative or yeah. sinful way, right? So, and then we trust God's growth in this. We trust that he will do what yeah. he can do, tra- changing hearts, transforming lives. And it's not fast. and <laughs> It's never in our timing and the way we want to control. But that's where the trust comes mm. in. So all of First Corinthians is a rebuke. It is. It's yeah. Paul is rebuking yeah. the Corinthian church because of all these different issues that they're going through. And he's having to kind of, uh, it's like they he'd expected them to be kind of three steps down the line. And he got there and they were two steps backward. It's like parenting is. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going to so, say it. <laughs> when he's saying these things, he's saying like, you're bickering yeah. about this, basically these camps that you get caught up in. Like yeah. Paul and Apollos and Peter and all these different things that are going on. And he's saying like, what is happening among you is not because of Paul, Apollos and Peter. It's <laughs> happening because the one who yes. is actually causing the growth, the one who plants and waters is actually much greater. It's, yes. it's God. It's the Holy Spirit. He's the one. And you're, we're, we're his we fellow the workers. workers. Right. Which is an identification for us. That should, that yeah. should trigger our hearts to say, I am a worker and I'm a builder of God's kingdom and I am a worker. I am not God in God's kingdom. Right. Yeah. We want so badly to be the ones credited with making the growth happen. Mm. And that's what's happening here. And God is saying, you can't can't. make growth happen. You can't make a flower grow faster by yelling at it. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody might say, well, it's carbon carbon dioxide. And therefore, (laughs) it's giving, whatever. All right. Not talking to you, guy. Science (laughs) nerd came out of you. (laughs) You can't shout at a flower to make, like, what makes it grow is beyond you. It's beyond uh, your, you can't, you can't pull it out of the ground to make it grow faster. You uproot it. And what you're saying is that it takes time and trust, mm. trust that God is sovereign over that thing. Well, that the order and systems that he's put into place will, yes. will happen. Yes. That even though we can't see it, it's growth is mm. happening. I think someone else said that. That's like, even though you may not see it on the outside, like Ooh. there's change and development that is happening That's so on the good. inside. That's so good. And I, I'm reminded of a Tim Keller sermon where he talked about, 
you know, any measurable growth that is of worth and of value happens over years and decades, not days and months. Right. Not days, weeks, and months. Right. So he used the example of like a, a tree. Yeah. And how any measurable growth in that wood, the strength of that is is determined by the time that it's taken for that. Well, to, and if to, anything, doesn't place. that just like alleviate your soul? Like we don't have to finish it tomorrow. Like we don't have to be the best and most refined and have everything mm. by next year. Like God is just so good and gracious to work his will out in us to sanctify us which comes to our conversation point of just being where does like good control come from and there's no sweeter reality than the abdication of the throne of my Mm. heart to the lordship of christ Mm. truly of giving that over and saying god you can this is your throne rightfully right not i'm not gifting it to you it's already his it's already is yes you just need to get off of i it need to get off it yes and, let and him identify that be yeah. the lord and let him be the savior yeah. that he actually is functionally yeah and that's i think where good control comes because now as a servant of the king right under his lordship under you know co-heir with christ right. co-laborer with him now i can labor alongside him right as my lord and savior as my lord and king and where is that that's a mindset not of desperation of ownership but a mind of stewardship right and one kingdom we we're gonna have scott and linda rodin on here we talk about one kingdom living right and, oh, and that's so gonna be oh, it's amazing but that's that's what you're getting at that's well good yeah the good control comes from a right understanding of our identity in christ and our roles like what we do flows out from there and you kind of touched a little bit on it like we are christ's workmanship so we were created in Jesus Christ, Ephesians 2.10, for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We're co-heirs with Christ. Mm. Um, and I think that we can look at Christ's example of just humility, obviously, in Philippians 2.6, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. And then Romans 8.17 yeah. talks about co-heirs. And then Galatians 5, new creations. Romans 12, we're living sacrifices. Jesus 3. You're hitting all the top 40 here. I know, the image bears, but I think it... <laughs> I think it, it begs the question. No, Genesis, this is, I know, Genesis 126 though through 29 is, is where I want to like put my stake in before we talk okay. about like okay. as a husband and as a wife, because it's mind blowing what we have been given. Like sometimes I think we, we want to be God because what he's given us doesn't seem like enough, right? Mm. For us to do it. We're like, well, I know you, you want me to like take care of my kids, but. And God's like, I want you to like mold them and shape them and teach them about the things of me. And you're just like, well, but that takes time. You know, it's like <laughs> we have this wrong perspective. And I think these this, these verses really give us the whole picture here wow. yeah. of letting, you know, of us being made in his image. So 126 through 29 of Genesis of Genesis. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish and the sea and the air and the See and over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock, and over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish mm. of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on earth. The Great Commission is our mission. Matthew twenty eight sixteen through 20, when he's sending out the disciples, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded. And behold, I'm with you always to the ends of the age. We need to know that. <laughs> That's key. To the end of the age, yeah. But so God's given us dominion. He's given us a mission. I don't know if there's anything else that we need to add on top of that, <laughs> especially like the trait, the, the incommunicable traits of God. I couldn't handle any more of that. So the thing is, is we want, that's so good. I love hearing you 
You're You're just amazing. So that dominion (laughs) with the commission, right? So we want so badly to breach our dominion. We want to get Mm. into dominions that aren't ours. Breach. Right? Or domains, I should say. We're given dominion over domain that he has given to us. Mm-hmm. Right, the physical here and now, the things we can see, feel, touch, smell, yeah, all this you know, hear, all this good stuff. That's our domain. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all that exists, right? We just I'm a I'm a physical whatever. Like I'm like we talk about worldviews, right? Uh, realism. <laughs> what exists can only be seen, felt, detected, whatever. This is our domain, people. You got to understand, God is not in our domain. He's right. in a different domain. He has more dominion. He has a greater dominion that is outside of our domain. We want so badly to be in God's domain, and right. we cannot. That is sin. That's That was essentially the, the temptation in right. Genesis 3. Right. We said, hey, God's, God's holding back he from you. because things he, that I don't know. He doesn't want you to know the real way of things. Right. Don't you want to get a peek into his domain? Oh, gosh. And Eve said, well, yeah, That's of course I do. Such a conversation in my head about so many things. Okay, okay. So now we have to bring it's this down struggle. to a marriage podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so we are... I we can want, see the lines. <laughs> we want so badly to, to own domains in our marriage <laughs> that are not our domains. Yes. Okay, so as a husband, what is my domain? Yeah. My domain is to love you as Christ loved the church. My domain is the head mm. of our family. My domain is to be the provider. Okay, this this is this is personal to me, right? Every I think every every man should be a provider on some level. Right. Financial provision is one thing, but you provide in every other way. Yeah. So, but I, I my domain is to be a provider. Yeah. So anytime I try to step outside of these domains, I and I'm a I'm a provider in terms of what God has allowed me to steward. Mm. But one of the big uh, moments in my own faith, in my own life as a husband and as a father was where God basically broke me and says, you are not your ultimate provider. I am. Was that Jehovah Jireh? You are not. No, yeah. that's the healer. Well, you're just, I am you're not, not. my. I am not the he portion. Is the like, he yes. is the portion. Yes. And I am basically just a steward yeah. of whatever he's trickling down into my care. And you mm. know what? As I've abdicated the throne of my heart to Jesus. So much freedom. And I want to take it back all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I was always trying flesh, to take control back. Our human nature, right? But so, and, and let God be in dominion over what God is dominion mm. over. And then faithfully be in dominion in what he's given me as my domain in light of what Selena was saying, what you were saying Amen. in the Great Commission. Mm. So making disciples of all nations. Right. Another one of uh, the golden rules. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then love each other as you love as, yourself. Right. As yourself. So how do I make a disciple of my wife? It's not by demanding that she give me sexually what I want. Mm. That's not, I mean, come on. It's not my, it's not by uh, being gone for 80 hours a week because I'm trying so desperately to get to a financial place that I feel like I'm in control mm. and saving and having the IRA, the Roth IRA that I think we need to have. Mm. Okay. That's not in my domain. Life and death are not my domain. Mm. And when I'm going to die is something that's, it's a mist, okay? And so my domain is to love my wife well, to provide for her on every level, right. financially, spiritually, emotionally, uh, <clears throat> relationally, all these different things, mm-hmm. and provide for my kids. So if I'm letting something that's out of my domain harm the, how I'm caring for something that's rightfully in my domain, I am sinning. Mm. So if I'm saying I have to work harder, harder, harder to get the things so I can provide, and what I'm doing is I'm neglecting my family relationally. I'm neglecting them emotionally. I'm unavailable mm. to them. That's a red flag. Right. And and honestly, that's uh, it took a long time to wrap my head around that. But it's the reason that I I live I, I work from home. We have an off we have we've had offices. I've never went there. <laughs> 
because I think God was just gracious and giving me a desire to be around. Yeah. There's other ways this looks, but I want to talk about the sex and intimacy thing because a lot of times, and I'm sort of speaking to husbands now, Selena will talk to the wives in a second, but as a husband, you say, I want my wife to give me what I think I deserve sexually, right? For whatever reason, okay? Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of husbands are influenced by pornography, either actively now, active addiction, or in the past somewhere. Or they're just frankly watching things like Game of Thrones, which is pretty much porn, which I will never, ever recommend that you watch that show. I've never watched it. But things like that, they 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 infiltrate your heart and then mm-hmm. you start saying, okay, I want that, mm-hmm. that pretend thing. I want that pretend thing to be real. Well, the pretend thing is not my domain. Mm-hmm. The real thing is my domain. My wife is my domain, not in the sense that I domineer over her, but she's the thing that I've got. She's the person that I've called to care for. So if I'm demanding that she step into this pretend domain mm. with me, I'm essentially repeating what happened in the mm-hmm. garden that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm saying, let's, let's walk, let's, let's, let's step out of our right place and in sin, and I'm going to lead you in that place. So I, right. And in doing that, I think we're ignoring, again, yeah. the, the good things of God. We're ignoring the domain that he's given us. And when we ignore it, when we overlook it, we are missing the good things, the depth mm. of the good things. We are missing the experience of those people and of Absolutely. those relationships, especially our spouse, when we are looking yeah. outwards and we're looking constantly beyond our, what our own situations. And I think, you know, speaking to the wives and talking about, Oh, I, I do. The I, finger. Uh, sorry. I want to hit one more thing for the husbands <laughs> because this is a big one. Yeah. And you wrote it here. So it's not running away or being inactive or apathetic, but staying and working things out. So a lot of times we had mm. a big fight. We just talked about it. I wanted to just bail. <laughs> he was, did. I was just like, I'm so done with this. I'm like, I'm sticking we're not around. Gonna record this. We are going to record. We're going to, this is fine. We're, we're breaking gonna, the street. We're going to get through this. <laughs> we're going to break the street. That's what I was thinking because we <laughs> haven't missed a week and that's not necessarily a good thing. You were really at that point? Well, no, I was just using that. I was, I was hoping you wouldn't call being my bluff. dramatic, huh? I was being dramatic. <laughs> I was, my, my bottom was in the chair and I was ready to record. Me too. Me too. I moved <laughs> the chair back re- though. Yeah, but you have wheel, I moved away a from wheelie the- chair. That's why. You don't get Anyways, a wheelie chair. go. I haven't, got, I haven't invested in that. <laughs> um, yeah, so like this idea, when, whenever we get into fighting, hmm. I want so bad to just be right. And so many times the, the, the desire to be right will trump every, the, the actual part of my dominion I'm called to care for, mm. which is I'm not called to be right. I'm called to, to love my wife well, mm. sacrificially as Christ loved the church. And so I, instead of trying to control her perspective on something, maybe I need to get out of that seat and say, how can I love her well and understand her perspective? Mm. Instead of trying to get her to think the way I think, how can I learn to way, the way she thinks? The thing is about generosity like that in marriage is it begets more generosity every mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Whenever you get the sense that I'm giving to you, what does that make you want to do? Take it all. No, wait. <laughs> Give. Dang it. <laughs> Wrong one. No, it makes me, it, it, it opens my heart and it opens my I feel like it be- my heart of stone becomes more of a heart of flesh and generosity flows out. I'm more free in how I want to mm. communicate love with you. I'm not I'm less reserved. I'm just ready to to give essentially. It starts to melt that that wall of ice. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and we start actually having a real conversation that's right. really it's emotionally informed and right. Informed by the love and the character of God, right? So, yeah. so, and I think again, just jumping into the wife, you know, what are segue, what are the domains? I'm like, sorry, just jumping back into this thing. Well, I want to jump in, and then you're like, let's jump out. We're going to jump over here. <laughs> so, let's just zigzag a little bit. Um, I think as a wife, uh, understanding our role, uh, there's a lot around biblical 
roles, which that's, I don't want to get into that yet. There, that is going to be a whole nother podcast episode. It is a beautiful reality. Um, and I think that the, the water we're swimming in, in this culture definitely butts against that in a lot of ways. And, you know, a big thing for, for us and maybe one of our, my struggles, I guess, is, is examining my wants, you know, what kind of lifestyle, what kind of house are we going to have cars, clothes? Am I, Am I trying to like take control and run the show? Why am I trying to perpetuate some image that I see online and that I just want to like, I just want to be like, you know, and Mm. I'm just living again in this, this screen versus living in the real life. And I'm ignoring the domain that God's given me. And what happens when we ignore, I mean, just look at a garden. What happens when you ignore it? Like weeds come up, the flowers die. Wow. It looks hideous. <laughs> I mean, that's just the reality of it. Can I just say and though, so, I think this happens with other non-material things as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like experiences, even Absolutely. good experiences. You'll see friends like there. Uh, we had a friend who went on a mission trip and you're like, wow, they're on this mission trip. They're serving Jesus so well. I'm serving Jesus like, like a Changing, total degenerate yeah. over here doing the podcast. <laughs> You realize that is not in my domain. It's right. not my dominion. Like this, God has given us this thing to do, this mission. You right. hear me talk about Acts twenty twenty four all the time, but this call, not right. theirs, but And that's this what one. I think even as like, as a mother and as a wife, like that's I'm so called good. to steward your heart. I'm called to take care of my, my children. I mean, Proverbs 31, you know, it, it tells us, it paints this picture of this wife who, who gets up before the, the dawn and prepares, you know, for her servants, even prepares for, you know, her children. She gives, mm. she makes, she goes into the, where her husband is and he's working or wherever. And, and they are like in awe of who she is and how she carries herself. And it's not because of, you know, these things that she does. It's because of like, obviously who lives inside of her. Like Christ is the one that is, is, is making that sort of light shine out of uh, us. It's, prescri- it's descriptive, not prescriptive, yes, right? Yeah. Yes. And so, and I think it's good what you said, like instead of just in trying to like find my contentment, well, not finding contentment, I guess, <laughs> instead of looking outward again for that, finding contentment, joy and peace in God and in Christ's sufficiency right. and writing out tangibly what that looks like, not just like, okay, well, I'm going to have joy. Well, no, Jen Wilkins was talking about how joy is our motivator, but it's also like our 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 blessing like what we get at the Mm, at the end of it you know and god wants us to have his peace be why because his peace is different it's otherworldly you know he doesn't want us to have peace that fades and comes and goes he wants true peace and so that's why he says come find it in me john 14 27 yes and then the other thing i think we need to do as as wives and i don't know if we've done this very healthily we're we're trying to is to talk to others in our community groups and our sisters in Christ about some of the struggles we might be having as far as controlling, feeling insecure and feeling not able to trust. Um, and also having people in our group that can just call us out on it. Like I give you permission, so-and-so to call me out. If you see me trying to take control of this issue or trying just being hard headed about things and not, not being open and thinking about where God is actually trying to lead me. Right. So as a wife, I think we need to have those sisters in Christ that can call us out, that can see what's really happening and that we can have our hearts softened towards. Um, but also, again, not comparing uh, either on screens and the social media aspect of it. Um, mm. And also even comparing, you know, to our, there's a whole episode on crushing comparison. I think comparison often drives that need for control. Yeah. I want to take a moment and um, thank you. That's all really good. Um, I want to take a moment and talk to like we opened up this episode with where lots of like, we get a lot of messages about wives and husbands who have struggled with 
trying to um, really fight for the heart of their spouse, whether that spouse has given up right. on their marriage, given up on their faith or both. Mm. And so where is that husband or wife? Where are they left? And, and right. that's where I think this whole conversation is leading to is a place of trusting in God's sovereignty and knowing that their heart in that way, mm. their heart transformation, their salvation is outside of your purview. It's not something that is given to you yeah. to decide and control. And thank God. Yeah. Because if your salvation, Selena, were up to me, you would mm. be lost. If my salvation were up to yes. you, I would be lost. And so we have to entrust the, the heart of our spouse into the hands of God mm. and trust that he is vastly more loving and vastly more caring than we will ever be. And you say, I can't do that anymore. I'm losing hope. I'm, I'm, I've lost it. I'm at the end of my rope. Right. I can't handle it. I have despair. I'm saying run to Jesus, mm. find all you need in him. And I do say find intentionally. You don't, it's, it's not go look for it. Dig yeah. in scripture, dig and find it as treasure buried in a field. Mm. Dig for that peace that you desperately need. Dig for that hope. Ask the Holy Spirit to give it to you. Okay. But then know this, know that weak faith in a strong branch is vastly superior to strong faith in a weak branch. This is a quote from Timmy, Tim, Timmy Keller. <laughs> <laughs> I love when you call him Timmy. <laughs> oh, Timmy Keller. He said, it's not the strength of your faith, but the object of your faith that actually saves you. Strong faith in a weak branch is fatally inferior to weak faith in a strong branch. All right, mm-hmm. you have the strongest branch imaginable <laughs> in the gospel, in mm. the goodness of God, and in the promises of God that he has fulfilled. Here's the thing. In the Christian worldview, we don't have a God who has is, who is not proven himself. Just get to know the Hebrew scriptures. Get to know <laughs> the, the prophets and yeah. what they have said. And get to know the New Testament, the origins of the New Testament. It's not some arbitrary historical document. There's thousands and thousands of copies of great fidelity of this yes. manuscript. Yes. We have a true worldview, okay? Yeah. So your, your branch is strong. God's branch mm-hmm. is strong. Your faith need not be strong. You just have to... You just have to grab the right branch. Right, and that's right. what we're saying here is that let go. You you are not a strong branch. Right. You are a weak branch. Let go of that. Grab onto God. Trust him. And most of what we're screaming is to ourselves, <laughs> <laughs> just for that caveat, because yeah, we true. are the ones always grabbing <laughs> for the wrong branch. It's okay to get preachy and fired up as long as, you know. We, no, you're not perfect. I'm not yes. Perfect. <laughs> and we do not hold ourselves to a perfect standard. And that is good. And God is continually refining us and teaching us. And I think we get passionate about these messages of, of truth. So kind of boiling it down to a couple's kind of conversation challenge, that's where we like to go, is what can you, what's something you and your spouse can talk about, um, you know, examine and explore, how can I as a wife or a husband relinquish control in my marriage? So how can we, and then the next question would be, how can we control, surrender control to God in, you know, fill in the blank, whatever area it is. So identifying it within your own hearts and talking about that. Um, and be careful to affirm that. <laughs> and start and honestly start here. What is keeping you up at night or what do you wake up first thinking about, mm. right? If it's, you know, maybe it's, there's a health issue. Maybe yeah. there's a financial issue and all the other issues we've talked about, whatever that is, that's a good opportunity to say, God, you are sovereign even over this. Right. And here's the thing about sovereignty is it's not limited to this, again, this domain, this here now, this timeline. Mm. What we have is a God of eternity who yes. lives outside of eternity. And if our hope is in him, our hope is in eternity. Right. And so even if a healthy thing doesn't go the way we want it to go, we right. still have that hope that is fixed, firm and secure. Right. We have the peace that Jesus talked about in John 14, 27. He said, my peace I give you, mm. my peace I leave with you, not as the world gives. Mm. That's this domain. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Mm. Jesus gave you an otherworldly peace so yeah. you can hold on to that. 
And so look at whatever Selena's saying, this, examine those places in your life where you feel like uh, you can relinquish control more fully. Because yeah. honestly, you don't actually have it anyway. So true. <laughs> so how can you trust God more fully basically, in those areas? Basically, and yeah. how can you surrender the control of your heart and your affections, really? How can you reserve and surrender your affections to God inst- instead of to yourself? So good. So I think we better wrap it up with that because we're running out of time as usual. But hopefully you were able to see this understand more about this whole area this heart area of control in your marriage and and understanding our domains and who who gets to be in control of what domains and why and why those are good things why Mm. we should value them as good things because we don't always do that yeah that's good why why don't i pray Mm -hmm. is that all right Mm -hmm. lord i thank you for this truth lord and the sweet um reality that you are good and you are sovereign Mm -hmm. and we can trust that God, I pray for the husband and the wife who um, are fighting in a way that they are feeling like they can't trust you. I pray that you would help their hearts to trust you in supernatural ways, in profound ways. Uh, Transform that understanding in their hearts and use it to transform uh, their faith in you. God, I do pray that you would allow the marriages listening to this to flourish Mm. in light of you for their good and ultimately for your glory. God, you are gracious. And this message of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ needs to be told from the mountaintops Mm. to the ends of the earth. Lord, so I pray that you would equip and use the marriages listening to this to be um, forces for the gospel in their context, whatever that is. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, friends, I want to remind you, thank you so much for listening. Uh, We're so thankful for you. Leave a review and a rating if you feel so compelled. If you feel compelled to do this, to partner with us, we would be honored uh, to partner with you. Uh, And there are benefits to becoming a Fierce Marriage Partner. If this content has helped you, you can be a part of helping others through it. So go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Fierce Marriage. Anything anything helps from $2 on up. And we just want want to lock arms with like-minded men and women of God. Yeah. All right. I think that's it. This episode is... In the can. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Once again, we will see you in about seven days. And until then, stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If our ministry has blessed you, we'd be honored to partner with you on Patreon.com slash Fierce Marriage. There are benefits to being a partner, but more than anything, you get to be part of making the Fierce Marriage podcast possible. To learn more, go to Patreon.com slash Fierce Marriage. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Fierce Marriage. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care. Thank you.